Welcome to The New Talent Code, a podcast with practical insights dedicated to empowering change agents in HR to push the envelope in their talent functions. We're moving away from the things that we traditionally think make someone qualified. The skills-based approach is absolutely essential. We're bringing you the best thought leaders in the talent space to share stories about how they are designing the workforce of the future, transforming processes, rethinking old constructs, and leveraging cutting-edge technology to solve today's pressing talent issues. It's what we call the new talent code. Artificial intelligence, virtual services, these will be a critical part of our path forward. We're your hosts. I'm Lihia Zamora. And I'm Jason Serrato. So if you're looking for practical, actionable advice to get your workforce future ready, you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Lihia. And I'm Jason. We are your co-hosts, and you're listening to our very first episode of The New Talent Code. We are so excited to be here and introduce you to our first podcast, share a little bit about ourselves, what we're focused on, and why we're even having a podcast in the first place. I mean, selfishly, we both love to talk. Me, everyone who knows me knows I love a stage. But Jason is really the subject matter expert here. He's passionate about anything HR or technology related. You know, we really wanted a place where we could delve into the transformation that needs to happen in the talent space in order to take on the new world of work and to figure out how to hire, upskill, reskill, promote, and redeploy talent based on an individual's capability and potential. We all know transformations are complex. They happen at the people, technology, and process levels. And we need to think differently about all these transformation factors. We need a new take on talent, new approaches on programs, and new ideas and insights to face the fast-approaching future. It's what we're calling the New Talent Code. Yeah, so Jason, let's kick this off. First off, let's tell our listeners, normally we would have guests. It's going to be more than just Jason and I. But today we wanted to give you a little insight into ourselves and why we brought about this podcast, why we're excited, and honestly, why we're even qualified to be talking about this topic. So Jason, let's start with you and your stellar background. For those of you new to the space or frankly have been hiding under a rock in the past decade, it may be news to you that Jason was actually a Gartner analyst for quite some years covering the HR tech space. But actually, he's felt your pain for many years because he used to run the global recruiting function for United Technologies for well over a decade. So, Jason, you've been an analyst, a practitioner, and now you've moved over to the dark side on the vendor side (laughs) with Eightfold. So, yeah, listeners, full transparency, Jason and I are colleagues. We both work at Eightfold. Go check out our IMDb or our LinkedIn. So how did you start out? in HR? Was this always on your radar? Did you always think one day you were going to be an analyst? Tell us a little bit about how you started out. HR was not on the radar. I didn't even know there was such a thing as an analyst. When I was in high school, one of the things I was really good at was writing. And I had a great teacher who recommended, you know, I pursue that. So I ended up going to undergrad and pursued a major in public relations and corporate communications. It was there where I had an an actual opportunity to have a co-op experience, and I was working in internal communications and ghostwriting announcements for executives. One of the executives I got a chance to, to work under was the CHRO, and it just so happened they were asking me to support her project for the annual employee engagement survey. 
Now that completely opened my mind to kind of the inner workings of an organization, the function of HR, but even the role communication has to play in the HR function. So I was really interested from there and ended up pursuing additional education through grad school. And upon graduation, was ready to you know run up the hill and tackle the world of HR. Unfortunately, they didn't necessarily feel the same way. <laughs> and, you know, after a couple of failed attempts, the one function in HR that was actually ready to welcome me with open arms was recruiting. It's where a lot of HR people end up starting their career and getting a little foothold. So I ended up going to work first for a, an agency. I worked for a search firm. And the very first placement I ever made was one where through the process of matching a talented individual to a role, I was able to find someone that was relocating from North Carolina to Ohio. And as the story goes, to shorten it up, I was reuniting a family. The gentleman had been working for an employer in North Carolina to make money because that's where his, his skills had taken him. But his family was still back home in Ohio. And I ended up finding him a job back in Ohio that reunited the family in time for him to see his son graduate high school. Talk about so, fulfillment. Fulfillment. I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it right now. So it's one of those things where I was lucky enough that in my very first experience with recruiting, I fell in love and I saw the impact it could have on people and on families and on people's careers. From there, it's the classic love story of an agency recruiter going to work for one of their clients. So I ended up going to work for United Technologies and grew up through the function there to eventually lead the function and oversaw a lot of different parts of talent leadership development and rotational programs, pipeline programs for STEM and for diversity, university relations, and also vendor management, technology selection, implementation and deployment, and then later talent attraction and social media and recruitment marketing. So my eyes kept opening to everything that was possible in the TA function. And at the same time, we, start, we were starting to go through what were processes that later became known as digital transformation. So as a result, I was asked to take on projects to kind of redesign and overhaul talent acquisition and redesign and overhaul onboarding and to do it at global scale for our entire enterprise around the world. Eye-opening experience, a lot of lessons learned, a lot of wonderful exposure to get early on in your career. It's also a project that brought me around the world and back. Now, I will share with you that while I was given those assignments, I still had my day job of leading all the other areas for talent acquisition. And it was one of those things where kind of burning the candle at both ends, you, you reach a point where you, you may start to feel a little burnt out. So I decided to take a break and I didn't have anything lined up. I took a jump and wanted to go with kind of where my heart and my bravery and courage could take me. And I ended up finding out that there was this other part of the industry where there were these industry analysts. And I happened to find one where there was an opportunity to join Gartner as their industry analyst for talent acquisition technology. And one of the things I immediately started to realize was that some of the challenges and some of the initiatives and some of the problems that I thought were unique to the project I worked on were not unique at all. And I was able to work with CHROs and talent acquisition directors and talent management directors on digital transformation and how to plan for the future. And at the same time, 
also got exposed to the rest of the world out there in terms of vendors. Because around that time, you know, AI was exploding. There were all kinds of point solutions, new ways to automate, new ways to do recruitment marketing. So very eye-opening experience. I had a chance to publish several reports, some market guides, was fortunate enough to work on several magic quadrants and actually be the, be the lead author on one of them. And it was actually there where I was first exposed to Eightfold. I met Eightfold back in 2018 and saw what they were doing that was unique, as well as where they were going and how they wanted to help with kind of talent transformation and digitizing HR. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So when did you make the move to Eightfold and why? So one of the things that kind of led to the last pivot of moving from the analysts to now this role is that while I love the analyst job and I was able to meet a lot of people and help a lot of companies, I also felt like I wanted to get back in the game. The industry was changing, the tools were changing, and it was one of those things where I can talk about it and I can read about it, but I also wanted to get my hands dirty and go back and do it. So I was considering going back into TA and working for similar organizations. And it was one of these things where because of my exposure to Eightfold, they were one of the places I was looking at. And it's kind of a real life story of kind of the mission and purpose of Eightfold. Created a profile on the Eightfold career site. And when I created a profile, I didn't have to search for jobs. It matched me to jobs. And I was, I was seen as a strong match for about half a dozen roles which was very you know, flattering, but also enlightening because of those half a dozen roles, they were across about four different functions. And two or three of the functions were functions I would have never thought of for myself. So I, I guess it's really kind of a proof point for that adjacent skills because I'm living it every day. Yeah. I mean, if we grabbed a product marketing uh, resume and sat it next to an analyst resume, it wouldn't be a tit for tat in terms of responsibilities. But if you start looking at a skills level, there's quite a bit of transferability. Now, Lahia, I've been talking for a while. I'm, I really want to kind of shift the, the spotlight off of me and let's put the spotlight on you. I've heard you say in the past that, you know, you refer to yourself as the accidental CMO. So that leads me to believe that there's a story there that similar to kind of your question to me as a teenager or someone going through secondary and, and graduate school or, or bachelor's degrees, that CMO might not have been on your radar. Not at all. As a matter of fact, full confession, I wanted to be a cartoonist, but my parents wouldn't pay for me to go to college and nor did we see a viable career path or financial stability being a cartoonist. But it actually marries my two biggest passions, which is drawing and humor. Similar to mine, did they tell you to draw on the weekends? <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I paint on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah. See, there you no, go. it was more, you know, it was sort of a, I'm going to say guidance. I was really good at math and science. I enjoyed it. I kind of flowed and it just seemed like a more viable career path. I come from a family of engineers and I was highly encouraged to become an engineer and it was awesome in school. But once I got out in the real world and designed some highways in New Jersey and you should stay off of them, I realized that it wasn't really my passion. And so I pivoted and went back to school. And because I still didn't have any guidance or an understanding or mentorings or some of the things that are available today. I went back to get a general management MBA because again, I didn't know what was possible. And funny enough, I actually did really well on the marketing side, but my career, you know, I pivoted just like I liked building something as an engineer, building highways. I actually really enjoyed building products and naturally progressed into a product management role. I was fortunate 
to have managers who saw potential in me and brought me in to build. As a matter of fact, I should mention, I worked for PeopleSoft. I worked at Success Factors. I built HR help desk at PeopleSoft. I was responsible for products at Success Factors. So I swore I would never come back to this industry. And here I am again, just again, following my passion. But it wasn't something that I set out to do intentionally. I think Silicon Valley draws the line very similarly between product management and product marketing roles. So that was sort of a very easy transition. And as I made it up and hold my skills in product marketing, I was exposed to many other aspects of marketing that made me somewhat dangerous. And to be honest, I wasn't looking for a role. I was quite happy where I was when Eightfold came knocking. As you know, CMOs come in different flavors, backgrounds in communications and demand gen and product marketing. And it so happened that at that point, what Eightfold needed was someone with a strong product marketing background to build out our personas, our narrative, our value proposition. And in a series of conversations, we realized I had a lot of adjacent skills that would be fruitful for the position at the time. And that's sort of how I ended up here. And who's to say how my career would have changed had a few other people not believed in my potential or had I not believed in the potential of being a cartoonist. We wouldn't be sitting here doing a podcast, Jason. Well, it's a great opportunity to learn from you and to learn together and hopefully learn from some of the guests we'll have on this show around similar stories and similar career paths, but also providing a little bit of the proof point of how organizations have to think about this non-linear career paths, adjacent skills, expanding the audience for roles. Hiring and promoting for potential. Mm -hmm. Hiring and promoting for potential. And as you can see here, the way it's drawn up isn't necessarily the way it plays out. But I think in both of our instances, it's made us all the better. For the folks out there, if you like what you're hearing, this is the type of conversations we're going to have with our guests. And these are the type of topics we're going to cover to give you some tips and tricks to really put into action at your organization. So we ask you to please subscribe now and join us and our special guests on this mission to equip change agents in HR with practical advice to help them move the needle in their talent organizations. And once again, this is all in an effort to help our listeners out there really crack the new talent code. But above all, write us, reach out to us, and contribute to building the new talent code. Thanks for listening to the new talent code. This is a podcast produced by Eightfold AI. If you'd like to learn more about us, please visit us at eightfold.ai. And you can find us on all your favorite social media sites. We'd love to connect and continue the conversation. 